This conversation is really about living unapologetically as ourselves, bringing all of us to our day-to-day. And although Mary Henderson works with people who have a business or want to launch a business, her work is identifying your core identity. And she will do that with anybody. And why do you want to know about your core identity? Because if you don't, it will hold you back. And you need to get beyond that in order to do all the things that you still have to do that the world is waiting for in the second half. I hope you'll have a listen. It was a great conversation. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to You Know Where You Are, another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Today, my guest, Mary Henderson, we're going to bridge two worlds today. Rather than dealing just with the body, mind, spirit kind of healthy side, we're going to talk about who you are at the core of your being in case you just happen to be an entrepreneurial woman, especially boomer women in any kind of field. My other business, some of you know that I have another one, I work with boomer women coaches. This is their second career, their second lifetime at work, making a difference in the world. And Mary works with the same target audience on brand and core identity. So that's where we're going today. Mary, welcome. Hi, Greg. Nice to meet you and nice to be here. Can't wait. Yeah. So Mary, God bless her. It's six o'clock in the morning in Australia where (laughs) she is. And if you're seeing this on video, she looks darn good. I'm telling you, I don't think I have the nerve to do 6 a.m. video. (laughs) Mary, why is it important for women at any age, but especially as we're heading into the second phase of life, know our core identity and what the heck is core identity? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think that, as you said before, we are talking to the same women. And what I have found with women over the age of 50 is that even though we're at that point in our life where it's like, screw everybody, I don't care, I can be unapologetically myself, the the reality is that women aren't unapologetically themselves. And what I have found in my work, even though I'm working with women and extracting really important information based on their past experiences and turning that into a coaching or a consulting business, what stops women when they launch, this is where I actually see the pattern, is that there's this fear, there's setbacks, there's this, how come I'm not making a million dollars in 24 hours? It's not working. So they go into this place of scarcity and lack. And it goes even deeper than that, Greg. The underlying of that is shame and rejection. This is really, really big. And then they go into this place of I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. See, it's not working. I should never have done this. So there's all these emotions that start playing out especially when they launch. While they're building, everyone's on a high, they're high-fiving, everyone's excited. It's like, yes, I got this. But when they launch and when they're visible to the public arena, to the outside world, and they have to show up as the brand, 
This is where I see that their core identity, who they used to be and the beliefs and the behaviours that are wrapped around that identity is the driver. That's the driver. So this idea of I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, it's never going to be for me, starts to play out. That becomes the dominant persona, if you will. And so what I do in my work is I really tackle that identity because it's a very important part of the process. And this is where the feminine part comes into my work. You could almost think of it like this. The identity is that a much younger version of me that's holding on to beliefs and behaviours around one or two areas of my life where I feel powerless and helpless. It's the only way I can describe it. And once we can see that we're powerless and helpless in one or two areas of our life, and typically it's usually around love and money, we, we see that we're powerless in one or two areas of our life we know that's a clue to say that we have an identity that is showing up as that lesser version, a smaller version of ourselves. Yeah. And I think it keeps a lot of women at midlife and beyond from even starting the business. Never mind getting to launch and having the excitement yeah. of building it. They don't even start because it's too scary. It's not for them. As you said, all the things that you said, it's never not scary to start a business, whether you're 30 or you're 80. I just read a story about a guy who's a serial entrepreneur, just started yeah. his second business at 80, and now he's 84 and he's doing another one. But a man, right? He's just going for it. He's starting all kinds of businesses. Women would possibly, yeah. as you said, be like, what's my family going to say? And what are my friends going to say? And what if I don't make money in 24 hours? So speaking to that, the things that you identified happen, whether somebody's going to be a personal brand whether they're going to take on a new role, yes. they left corporate and they don't want to start uh -huh. a business, they want to be a volunteer or a fundraiser. That also is a new, it's a learning experience for who you are, not what you were. That's, that's true. Work that you do can help women no matter what they're doing. You're absolutely right. And I think that there's one important point I want to just raise here. When the women that are transitioning out of corporate at that 45, 50, 55 age, and they're looking at the next stage of their life. If we look at the Maslow's hierarchy and you have a look at all of the steps from survival, if you look at the top part of the actual pyramid, it's self-actualization. Now, what happens is that when we've gone through all of the process of being human and achieving, if you will, we get to that top point and the only time we self-actualize is when we say, I just want, there's something else that I need to do in my life. I've got a bigger purpose. I don't even know what I want to do for the rest of my life, but I know that there's something inside of me that wants to come out. I can't describe it. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know the language around it, but I just know that something inside of me wants more. Now, this is a very, very important sliding door moment because when women transition out of corporate, corporate is all based on survival. So you look at that Maslow's triangle, you're always on the bottom part. It's the dark part of who we are as a human because it's a masculine system, 100%. It's all based on 
spreadsheets. It's all based on one plus one can only equal two. It cannot equal anything else. You know, everything is scripted. Everything is safe. There is nothing associated with creativity and imagination and trusting and faith and all those wonderful things that come with the feminine system. So we never tap into that aspect of ourselves, which is the only way the only way that we can get to self-actualization. So what happens is that we get stuck in this masculine system and we keep going down that path of masculinity. Now, when you start a business, you're continuing in that masculine system because you're do, do, do. It's all doing, doing, doing. Feminine system is all about being. It's a different system altogether. So when you've done all the implementation, exactly as you would in corporate, which feels safe. Then you launch and now you're in the outside world and now it's like, oh, my God, it's not working because let me just get that spreadsheet out and let me just see how I can make this work. Let me put another strategy in place. Let me download another blueprint. So can you mm -hmm. see the pattern? It's all about doing. So we've got to break that cycle. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with the masculine system. We must have it in order to take radical action, to make things happen. But it's in the self-actualization of who am I truly when I ask myself, what is it that I really want? What is it that I desire? What is the impact that I believe I can make in the world? What does it look like? We've got to go there as well as the masculine, which is the doing. Could you, are there any characteristics that you can name? Because you've worked with so many people in launching yeah. and branding that are common to a successful entrepreneurial career, whether it's a first career or a second, it doesn't matter. What do you find in common for the kinds of people that do well? The ones that do well have got an attitude of curiosity, fun, and I'm just going to go for it. Like I have no expectations. And this is really key because the attachment is where the problem is. Because when we've now launched and now we're attached to the outcome, which is I have to be successful to prove to everybody that, see, I can do it. But you see, that's the wrong attitude to have because that actually backfires on us. So what I see with the ones that are really successful is that they're, they're just present. They're curious. They ask deep questions. They are the women that are vested in their personal growth, like really, really, really investing heavily in their personal growth. If we're not balancing the masculine aspect of us, which is the businesswoman, and we're not investing in our personal growth and really getting to that core, that identity, the old version of ourselves, we're never going to outgrow the person that we were in corporate, Greg. We're just a continuation of that person looking for a completely different result, which is impossible. And by the way, I see this with men as well. So the men that I work with that are desperate, they've got this chip on their shoulder, they're the ones that are always walking an uphill battle and they've got this fake facade. It's so obvious to me. I can't tell you how many men I've had conversation with where I've said, look, you've just got to tone it down. Like you really need to look at yourself and, and ask some fundamental, pragmatic questions that are going to open up Pandora's box. The same with women. It's exactly the same. So we have to get to this place of feeling comfortable with feeling that version of ourselves that is powerless and helpless and actually admitting to it. And that is 
50% of the work done right there when you can actually admit that I am powerless, I am helpless, I feel I am not enough, I feel like a loser, I feel whatever it is that you feel, that has to be declared because the moment you declare it, it's the truth, there's nowhere else to go. That's the truth. We've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I often talk to my clients and say part of the process of assessing where they are is telling the ugly truth, I call it, writing down the ugly truth. And just letting it pour and not being ashamed. And we all have it. Yes. And it's a relief when it's done. And Uh you can look at it. There was an exercise in a personal development program I took years ago where you had to take the worst traumatic experience that had ever happened to you in your life and just tell the story over and over and over. And And then eventually you begin laughing. Like you're crying at the beginning and then you just realize it's a story. It happened. It's not, not like it didn't happen but it doesn't have to be this weight on your shoulder, just like all those other things you were mentioning. I agree. It doesn't have to weigh us down. So the whole idea of personal brand is one of your specialties versus being a company. So there's Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, versus Steve Jobs, right? There are brands that are people and there are brands that are companies that don't have a person's name. Is it it better one way or the other? They're going to declare, I am GregoryAnCox.com maryhenderson.com or should we go with a name? It doesn't matter when you're trying to reach your audience, whether you have like writebetter.com. It does matter. So the corporate brand and the personal brand, what's interesting is that they have exactly the same attributes. It's just that the attributes are in different order of importance and the drivers are different. So a personal brand, you, Greg, the human, Mary, either human, a brand, my driver is my mission and my legacy. That's, that's why I'm pushing my solution in the world and how I can serve the world as Mary, not as my corporate brand. Now, the corporate brand is important because it's an entity in itself, but it's not human. So I can't talk to the corporate brand. The corporate brand is what is behind me. Elon Musk and Tesla When I think of Tesla, I don't think of the corporate brand. I think of Elon Musk. And Elon Musk is the face of Tesla. So on Twitter, he's Elon Musk. It's not Tesla that's posting, that's tweeting. It's Elon Musk that's tweeting. There is a vast difference. And I'm very, very passionate about packaging humans into brands. I don't really place much emphasis in the corporate brand because the corporate brand doesn't have a heart, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's just there. And yes, it may be my company, but I don't want my corporate brand to represent me. I want to represent my corporate brand. I want the world to know me as Mary Henderson. I want to be the go-to person, go to Mary Henderson. I don't want people to say, go to Mystic Preneur. That's my company name. I don't care about that. It means nothing to me. Or my program, which is called Lights, Cameras, Action. Again, that means nothing to the outside world. That just means something to my clients and myself when we're having our coaching calls. Oh, did you go to Module 9 in the LCA program? Like, big deal. It's just language that we use to make it easier for us. But I want to be known as the go-to person in my area of specialization because I'm the one, Greg, 
that has the 40,000 hours of accumulated knowledge, wisdom, skills, gifts, and talents. And I work damn hard to master those skills and to master that knowledge so that I experienced it and it became my wisdom. And when I merge all that together, I can actually solve a problem with ease and grace. And that's the key here, because when I speak about my subject matter, I speak about it from here, not from here. It's easy for me. My corporate brand can't do that. And so this is why I like the distinction between the two, because I want my clients, the human who is the business, to be recognized as the go-to person. I think that's a great distinction and very clear and helpful. And I was thinking when you said mysticpreneur, I did not use my name. I have my name.com and I use it to forward to other things. But for some reason, I could never, I just never felt like my name represented a thing anyway. But I love how you are putting it that you can speak from your heart as you, your brand isn't going to do that. And my other company, Be More Marketable, even Rebellious Wellness Over 50 is a little bit more memorable, but nobody knows it's me unless they actually go to the website, right? So it would be easier. Sometimes I find that in the world of women who have coaching businesses, personal development, the names can get a little bit soft and fuzzy, like, you know, goddess, goddess entrepreneur, goddess works, (laughs) goddess rights, goddess psychic. I used to work with women on their, I still do, on their pitches, their messaging. Yes. And so many people, because maybe because they haven't done what you were talking about and finding out who they are and appreciating those 40 years or 30 years Uh of experience that Uh we've got, even if it, I mean, for God's sake, I was a chef before I started all this other stuff, but Oddly enough, a lot of what I did as a chef and learned to be as a chef really helps me as a business person. And 100%. Maybe because people don't have the confidence to stake their claim and call it something different. If you're not going to use your name, come up with something creative that actually speaks mm-hmm. to your ideal client, which is not easy these days because it seems like all the good names are taken. But anyway, I'm sure you have a whole thing about naming things. Is there anything wrong, first of all, with having a side hustle? Versus having a business? Is it a real thing, a side hustle? It's a popular phrase. Well, this is my issue with a hustle, Greg. It's a very masculine way of showing up because that's just even the word hustle. The it's, word, it's yeah. hard, right? Just a hard word. It's like, yeah, I'm hustling today. I've hustled so hard today. I mean, what is hustling? Like, seriously. And I do have an issue with that, by the way, because I've even done a whole assessment on where are you in that hierarchy? Do you have a hobby? Are you in a hustle stage or are you a business owner? They are very different. Here's the core difference. Most people that are hustling are not investing in their business. They're not at that stage where you and I know to have a real business, you have to invest time and money in that business. And this is a really important line. For example, if I speak to a prospect and they fill out the application form before we get on a call and their turnover is zero to $10,000 and they're in the hustler stage, the next question is, what is your goal financially? And then they say half a million dollars. And then the next question is, do you have time and money to invest in growing your business? No, I have zero funds. Well, let me ask you, how do you get to half a million dollars if you don't have, at the very least, 
all of the fundamental foundation in place. I'm just asking a friend here, okay? I don't know how you can do that. You need a website. You need a sales funnel. You need lead magnets. You need an email marketing system. You need Canva. You need all these tools to be able to make you look professional at the very least. You know, you need hosting. You need all these these little incremental monthly fees. They all add up, okay? They really add up. So, and what people do is that they've got this DIY mindset. I'm just going to do it all myself. I'm going to learn it all because it's easy. Listen, if it was easy, it wouldn't have taken me 40,000 hours to, you know, specialise in the area that I do. It's 22 years of work. If it was easy and I could read it from three books, we'd all be doing it, Greg. But it's And so that's one aspect of it. And the other aspect of it is this hustle mindset is exactly what I was talking about before, this notion that we're just extending that identity, going back to those areas, that the underlying, it's all about shame, rejection, fear, scarcity, lack. And then the underlying all of that is I can do it all by myself. That's the underlying driver. So that's where side hustle becomes, I can do this by myself. I'm just going to learn it by myself. I'm going to attend every free webinar, download every free blueprint, and I'm going to make it successful. The problem is it never manifests, never. And so we've got to get real. It's either a hobby or a real business to me. There's no in between. If you're going to do a hobby, that's fine. You do it, you're dabbling in on the sidelines. Fine, if you're happy with that, awesome. But it's not a business. To me, a real business has an infrastructure. You've invested time and money into it. You're serious about it. You're showing up. There's consistency, there's congruency, etc. I do actually not embrace that word hustle at all. Yeah, that's great to remind her because I think of Gary Vee, Gary Vee, yes. the, oh. the hustle guy, right? <laughs> and most women that I know do not want to be that lifestyle at all. We are no. done. If we ever did it before, we're done with it now, for God's sake. I'm not interested, correct. No. I'm not, I'm just not interested in going to that place because I'm, I believe I'm much better than that. I'm much more knowledgeable than that. I'm much more wiser than that. And if I'm truly interested in starting a business, and as I did many, many years ago when I first started this journey, which is I'm talking like 20 years ago, I got a job, a second job to save that money to invest in where I was going. So it wasn't like I was winging it. I'm not interested in winging it. I want the facts. I want the detail. I want to implement. I want to move. I want to keep moving forward. I don't want to be stuck. Another issue with women who have not dealt with that self-identity. It's all about being stuck and then having a story around it. And our success is rooted in our stories, what we tell ourselves. The same with our health. The stories we Mm -hmm. tell ourselves about it's too late to start exercising or eating differently. And also, the same things apply if you have a lifestyle change that you have to make and mm-hmm. you're not willing to invest some time and usually some money for guidance and support and accountability yes. and things just to get you out the door and on a stable foundation. It's like winging it. You know, it's let me just buy this other book and it's keto and now it's something else and something else. I'm all for trying things. I'm the original biohacker. I've tried every freaking thing just so that I could see whether it made a difference <laughs> and whether it was safe and that kind of thing. Yeah. But truly, everything that is going to be long lasting requires uh-huh. an investment of time and almost uh-huh. always money, but especially in the business world. It's funny you said about how all these little things add up when we have a business. I've just been researching a couple of different things for social media and I'm like, okay, let me just, where am I? Cause I lose track sometimes, you know, those recurring membership things yes. that you have. 
And I thought, wow, I have to let go of one thing if I want to bring this one in rather than just yeah. keep piling it on. And like you, I didn't get a second job, but I didn't quit cooking until I had a job coaching for a company after I got certified for two years. I still kept co co cooking when I launched my own coaching business. Yeah. Where was the money going to come from if I didn't? That's right. I mean, That's people fine. people that have money in their 401k, or you can find money and you can use uh -huh. your own money. I'm not saying you uh -huh. can't, but there has to be a source of money to uh -huh. find a new venture or a new company. <laughs> Yep, I'm with you on that one, 100%. And, yeah, we've got to get beyond that little girl mentality and we've just got to show up as, you know, strong women who are on a mission. Like that's the only way I can describe it because once you have that switch and you can see that what you yearn for is to create impact, if that's what you want, then that's a very different mindset. It's a, it requires a shift in the way you see yourself and the way you see the world. And, and I think that's where the magic starts to happen. There's a lot of noise out there in the online world, marketing and starting new ventures. The difference between coaching and consulting, and there was a sort of big rise in everybody needs to be a consultant now because they can charge more money and no coaches can just charge it. Can you, do you have a distinction between coach and consultant? I do have a distinction. That's my version. And I think that a coach has a combination of the knowledge, the wisdom, and the skill set. And the wisdom is the key word there. Whereas I feel that with a consultant, again, it's more that masculine. It's more around the knowledge and the skills. It's more analytical. I've got clients that are both, co coaches and consultants, and they're different. The consultants are actually working in corporate, serving corporates, and they're implementing processes, systems, solutions of that nature. Again, it's a masculine system. One plus one must equal two. Whereas with the coach, it's human. You know, it's really tapping into the heart and the soul of an individual. And this is where the knowledge, the wisdom and the skill set is vitally important. You know, a great coach has those three elements. That's the only simplest version I can give it. That's my version. And just purely because I work with those type of clients. I've got the coaches and the consultants and the consultants are all the same. They all serve co corporate and, and it's very much about implementing something in their business to make their business better. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that your clients, whether they're a coach or they're a consultant, can make money. Yeah, yes. To absolutely. my point that one is going to make more money absolutely. than the other. There's no way that one will always equal more money. No, it just depends because there's a market for everything. It's yeah. just how you market. And the thing is, Greg, that the solution doesn't have to have lots of layers of stuff and noise. It's not like that. I've got a client who's male and he's a special operations guy from the military. He's like in the elite of the elite of the elite. There's only 12 of him in the world. Right. And so he spent 12 years in Iraq in special operations. Like the guy's like out, like it's crazy. The stories are unbelievable. What makes him so unique is that he can turn complex into simple. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. he doesn't need to go into a corporate because that's who he's serving at a board level and say, right, this is how we're going to sort out the crisis in your company. He just says, here's what you need. Here's how you need to approach it. So simple. And you look at that and you're like, oh, my God, it was staring at me in my face the whole uh -huh. time. But you see, when you're at a board level, that's what they want. 
They want simple. They do not want complex. But they're willing to pay $100,000 for that simple methodology that solves a complex problem. So that's the space that I like to work in. It's, it's okay, there's a complex problem. Your solution can be simplified to solve that problem. So, so this is a very important distinction. And both a coach and a consultant are creating solutions. It's exactly the same process. It's just that they're serving different people. And different people need to process information in a different way. They have different expectations, different outcomes. So it's understanding your audience and working back from that. Mm -hmm. And especially in the marketing, the language that we use is understanding who it is we're serving and the way that they will understand what it is we're offering. Right. So if we speak at a 12th grade level, because we have all of these special ops background and our clients are simple startup businesses yep. and they're maybe in the sixth grade level it's not a match they're not going to hear us right absolutely simplification is the key to success that's what i say to everybody just simplify as much as you can and just speak normal language use normal words i work with a lot of women who have phds academics and that's complex because they're so used to using long and big words. And and me, Mary, I just like simple. What does that word mean? Like, seriously, what does that word actually mean? And they're like, well, it means, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, I have no idea what you just said. Just give me the normal version. Oh, it means, you know, blah. I'm like, that's the word we're going to use. Yeah, See? Yeah, it's yeah. just like, why do we overcomplicate? I don't know. But I'm all about simple. Well, I think a lot of the the academics, and I've written for women that are leaving corporate who do the first draft, let's say yeah, their yes. web page or whatever, and it's hundreds of words. It just goes on and on. <laughs> but that's what they were required. They yes. needed a lot of detail on the page. They needed right. as many words as possible rather than as few as possible. Yes. And it's funny, I have one client in my mind, and she said, every time I give you a lot of words, you take them all away. Why is that? <laughs> I said, well, just, just think, just read it. Yes. Take a seat, read it, let it sink in. Did I cover what you wanted to say? Well, yeah, but is it enough for my website? Yeah, it is. Really, your people are going to gravitate towards that. So, Mary, if people were starting a business, do you work with startup people or do you mostly work with these high-level people? No, I work with people who are transitioning. So people who are like, okay, I'm leaving my corporate life. I really want to serve on a much bigger scale. I do want to be a coach or I want to be a consultant because I can see that there's a there's a gap in the industry and I know I can fulfill that gap. So either or. The only thing that I look for, I have a benchmark, is that they have to have a minimum of 10,000 hours in their area of specialisation. It's really important. And also just think like a business, like they're ready to invest in themselves and take on that next journey. Because I think that unless you've got that mindset, you're just going to be in that hobby phase and it's never going to move in the direction that you want. And I think this is a really important because I'm one of those people that is just go, go, go. It's like here are all the things that need to be implemented. Go, 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 go. Once all of that's implemented, then I take them on the other side of the journey, which is, okay, now we've got to show up as the true version of you because the game changes now. You can't be that masculine person anymore. Now we've got to bring in the feminine and you've got to work in that system when you show up in the world because that's we've done the head the head's all the implementation, the heart is the person that needs to show up because that's what people connect with. And that's hard for a lot of women. It's really hard. And and it was hard for me too. But 
once they, and this is why I, like in my coaching, in each week we do one session just on energetics. That's it. It's just on energetics. And the reason I do that is because it just reaffirms all of this, I'm sharing my experiences as well, but it reaffirms, you know, the questions that we need to ask. We're digging deeper and deeper and deeper because when those women leave that call, they're on a high. They have courage to actually step into Pandora's box or open up Pandora's box and ask those uncomfortable questions and feel comfortable about it, knowing that the outcome is going to be positive. I don't distinguish where you're at in your journey, whether you've got a business or whether you don't. What I distinguish is how many hours have you dedicated in your area of specialization and how serious are you? And if somebody were to want to explore whether they have 10,000 hours according to your measure. So can you speak to people and help them find out if you're a fit for them? Yes. So it's really easy to work out. My calculations are pretty basic. I just use a very simple formula. I look at a 40-hour week, which is 160 hours a month, multiplied by 12 months, and then you've got an annual hourly range, if you will. So I think it's 1,940 hours makes up a year of a 40-hour week work. And then I just ask, how many years have you been in corporate in that one area of specialization? So if I've been in finance for 25 years, I would typically say, let's multiply 25 years by 1,900, and there you've got 30,000 hours of expertise in the finance space. We're going to use that as part of our inventory. I can work with that. And the reason I do that, Greg, is because I don't want to work with people who don't have that breadth and depth of knowledge and wisdom. I can't create brands from thin air. I just can't do it. It's too hard. I don't want Instagram influencers, look at me, look at me. That's not my space. I don't want that. I want mature women. I want to have mature conversations based on real inventory that I can help them unpack. Because as part of my, my job working with women is to also organise all of that information into a program. That's what I help them do. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of information. It's like, where do I start? And that's mm -hmm. my genius zone where I can take all of that inventory and then I can create, I can organise that information into a program that has a start and a promise. And that's the key. And also a program then becomes a system and a methodology that they take into the outside world that makes them unique. It's bespoke. It's not based on three books that I've read or three self-help books that I read. Now I'm a guru. It's actually truly and genuinely based on their expertise, on their area of specialization. And that's where the magic is. Mm-hmm. And to everybody listening, I would say that this is a niche. You, Mary, have a niche coaching business. Yes. 10,000 hours of specialty as a minimum with expertise, breadth and depth. That's a niche within the coaching. That's lots and lots of people will say, I work with everybody. I can coach yes. any business, you know? Yes. I imagine you have over the years realized that's the best person for me to work with. Absolutely. Because it's all about getting our clients, helping our clients get success, right? It's not just to feed our ego that we get to have great conversations with high level people, right? 
I agree. I agree. And, you know, and I had to make that call. You're absolutely right, Greg. It's not something that I just pulled out of thin air. It was because I got to a point where I'm very active on LinkedIn, for example. I have a really big following on LinkedIn. And I started getting a lot of these, I want to be famous type of people wanting to have conversations with me. And so all of these, I want to be famous type of people were, they were saying the same thing. I want to be a social media influencer. I want to da da da. And I'm like, I actually think that you're looking for a Hollywood agent. I don't think you're looking for somebody like me. You know, I'm a pretty, you know, serious person about the people I help. I don't want to help people who want to be famous on Instagram. I'm not interested in that at all. And so, and then I had to sort of re-ask myself, who are the people that I love working with? And then I realised it's those people that have got an accumulation of knowledge, wisdom and skill set. So I'm like, okay. How do I define that? And that's where I now, all my clients, I'm like, use your hours. That's how you position yourself. You know, it's like I have 40,000 plus hours accumulated knowledge, wisdom, and skills. That's a lot of hours. And so when my clients do the same, they're like, oh my God, like, wow. It's like an icebreaker as well. And I do it because I'm just like, see, can you see? You've mm -hmm. got everything you need. And so it's a really nice way of dealing with or working with people that are what I would call, you know, as you say, it's a niche, but it's also that it just feels special and almost elite if you if you know what I'm saying it's about a group of people who are super smart they're in a space with other women like them and that also brings a greater sense of potential and success when you're in a group kind of program oh my like minded like level that kind of thing massive yeah. you're right so your website is maryhendersoncoaching.com correct that's correct and how do people get in touch with you? What do you offer for people that might be interested in working with you? Yes, please feel free to email me, mary at maryhendersoncoaching.com. Also, I offer a free 45-minute coaching call. I do a beautiful gap assessment. It's all for free. And it really, really does open up a beautiful conversation about where your gaps are. And I love those conversations. It is not a sales call. It is a genuine gap assessment. But of course, you know, anyone can ask me about how they can work with me on those calls. That's no problem. And you can apply for that at maryhendersoncoaching.com slash apply. And the reason why I do that again is I have a very strict qualification process of who I can and can't help. So just please feel free to complete that or just send me an email or follow me on LinkedIn, Mary Henderson Coaching. You can connect with me on my personal Facebook page, which is Mary Henderson Coaching. And I'm also on Instagram, Mary Henderson Coaching. Oh, you're doing the Instagram thing, even though you don't care about Instagram. No, I just do quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good quote. Well, Mary, this has been really helpful for anybody who's here that is an entrepreneur thinking of becoming one. I even hate to use that word because there are so many misuses of yeah. the word entrepreneur, a business owner. How about that? Let's say yeah, anybody exactly. here has a business wants to become a business owner who has that kind of breadth and depth that Mary's talking about. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, my pleasure. Really great having you. What would you say? What do you want to leave the audience with about brands or whatever you want to say? I just want people to know that they are sitting on a gold mine. And that gold mine is a collective knowledge, wisdom, and experience. It's your life experience. And that is the true currency, not dollars in your bank, not gold, not silver, 
The true currency is your internal inventory. Once we can see that as currency, it's a game changer because you, it never depreciates. It never leaves you. No one can steal it from you. You own that gold mine. Now, the question is, what are you going to do with it? Will it remain as a sheer memory or are you going to take that and serve on a bigger scale? That's what I like to leave with. And that's a perfect way to close. Mary Henderson, thank you very much for being with us. Be well till next time. Hey, peeps, before you run, in case you're not 100% sure you're doing everything you can to age as well as you can, which means you'll feel better longer, you might want to check out my Age Better Lifestyle Assessment. It will give us a clear picture of where you are now and what small changes you might want or need to make to improve how you feel, how you look, and how you age. Check it out at rebelliouswellnessover50.com in the Work With Greg section. Thanks.